The Jets miss out on Derek Carr, who signs with the New Orleans Saints. It seems like the Jets are now all in on Aaron Rodgers. Is this the right approach? We'll discuss today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, March 6th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and it's available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review, and if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Well, the big news came out on Monday morning. The Derek Carr watch is over. The veteran quarterback has signed with the New Orleans Saints. It is a four-year contract worth $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. The average salary is $37.5 million, a situation where the rumors during the weekend were that the Jets were... A favorite to land Derek Carr, but he ends up with the New Orleans Saints, and all eyes are now on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. And I have many thoughts on the Jets missing out on Derek Carr, and I don't know if you can really use the term struck out on him, because after all this discussion, after multiple visits with the team where he went to the team facility a few weekends ago, last week they, they met in Indianapolis... You get the sense, based on what a number of reporters have said today, both locally and nationally, that the Jets maybe were not that interested at all. It's funny because at the beginning of the offseason, I did not get the impression that the Jets had a ton of interest in Carr because there was really no buzz. Then it came out that they had reached out to the Raiders about a potential trade. It also came out that when he visited the Jets, as I mentioned, the, the, the two visits that he had with the team... And in the end, it doesn't seem like the Jets were that interested after all. It seems like more of a due diligence type thing because multiple reporters have suggested today that one of the reasons that Carr ended up with the New Orleans Saints is that the Jets made it clear that he was Derek Carr was not their top priority. Aaron Rodgers was. Meanwhile, with the Saints, Derek Carr was their top priority. And I think sometimes you have to take a step back here because... For me, the situation goes beyond whether or not I think Derek Carr was the right player or whether I think Aaron Rodgers was the right quarterback for the Jets. And by the way, I do think Derek Carr was the better of the two choices for the Jets when you factor in everything, when you're talking about price, when you're talking about age. Not that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, but there are other considerations than just pure talent. There are other considerations than resume, because Rodgers is at the end of his career. But I'm taking a step back from all of that. I think the Jets have put themselves in a really tough spot by the way they've handled this, because I think no matter how this played out, no matter who the first choice was this offseason, there was really one situation I did not want the Jets to find themselves in. And that's the situation they're in right now, where essentially it really feels like all of their eggs are now in one basket, and that is the Aaron Rodgers basket, because 
most analysts who have been discussing this have said that this offseason, the goal for the Jets is to get one of two quarterbacks, either Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Rodgers has had a much more decorated career. Rodgers will go down as a much better player. And Rodgers at his peak has been a much better quarterback than Derek Carr. But these are really the two guys right now who you expect to be available in in either a free agency or a trade. And we're going to make an assumption that, you know, Lamar Jackson's not going to hit free agency. I think we can make an assumption that there are some other guys out there who are not going to be surprise trade candidates. Well, now the Jets, I mean, the Jets really, if the idea of this, of this offseason, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it, but let's, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. And I'll say, if the objective of this offseason was to get either Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, that has become much more difficult by the way the Jets approach this thing. Because you knew that the action was going to be on the front end. The timing just added up with Carr signing before the beginning of the legal tampering period next week, the point where teams are allowed to talk with players they potentially are going to sign. And the reason for that is that right now Carr has some degree of exclusivity, you know, unless there's somebody who's willing to seek out a trade like a Rodgers. Uh, but most of the players who are going to hit the market haven't hit the market yet. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't hit the market. You know, some of the other guys, Jacoby Brissett has not hit the market. And these are not great options, by the way. Mike White has not hit the market. So when you think about the other logical options for the Jets, really the only two who had you had, probably had to get something done for up front are the two who are the most logical fits on paper in Carr and Rodgers. And I feel like the Jets had to approach this like, you know what, Aaron Rodgers, if you want to be a Jet, we have a deadline. And of course, you'd have to do some back channel negotiations. You'd have to kind of like let Rogers know through the back channels. But you knew that Carr was going to be off the board, and you know, whining and dining Carr, bringing him into your facility, meeting with him at the combine, was really kind of self defeating. If you were not going to have an internal deadline on Aaron Rodgers, if you were just going to let Aaron Rodgers wait forever, and I understand, you know, there's an argument to be made that well, Rodgers is the better of the two quarterbacks, so of course you wait on him. Here's the problem with this, and you've seen this. If you're a Jets fan, if you've been a Jets fan for the last decade plus, you've seen this. You leave yourself open to the other player just using you as leverage when you're you're down to one guy. And that could be the situation with Rodgers. And listen, I think you could be the biggest Rodgers fan in the world. If you have watched him over the last three offseasons, the way he's negotiated with the Green Bay Packers, the drama, the constant will he stay, won't he stay, I think that one thing is clear. Again, you could be the biggest Aaron Rodgers in, in, in fan in the world. This is not a guy who's been acting in good faith when, when dealing with the Green Bay Packers. And that goes back to, you know, the Packers drafting Jordan Love in 2020 and the way Rodgers reacted to it, which was essentially similar to the way Brett Favre reacted to the Packers drafting Rodgers in 05. And Rodgers has rightly complained about it. Rodgers has rightly said that Favre did not treat him well. And essentially, now that the tables have turned, Rodgers is exa- acting exactly like Favre did. He's taking the team through needless drama. He's he's not been a good faith negotiator. I mean, I don't think there's I, I don't think there's any question about that. And for the Jets, I think the real risk here is that now Rodgers knows that you're the only option that he wants. He's the only option that you want. So you leave yourself open to the potential risk that Rodgers just uses you to get more money out of Green Bay. And we've seen that happen an awful lot with the New York Jets. And you also make it more difficult to pull off a trade with Green Bay because you now are in a spot where the Packers know that that's the one guy you want. There is no viable plan B. I mean, there has to be a plan B because the Jets may not get Rodgers, but it just makes the trade more difficult to pull off. 
could this work out for the Jets? I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess there's a scenario where Rodgers comes, goes, you know, goes back to being great. He's fully committed. He's got another three to four years in him. He's willing to take a reasonable deal. But I mean, that's an awful lot to ask. And when you only have one, when you only leave yourself with one option, you leave the opportunity for something bad to happen that's not your fault. Sometimes they're just bad luck, and things don't work out the way you want them to. So I think the Jets, you know, I think the Jets are taking a big risk right now. And I don't think it's a well-advised risk. And I think the Jets have been burned by situations like this so frequently that I would have liked to have thought they've learned from this. That the fact that Rodgers could very easily use them as leverage now and try to get more money out of Green Bay or maybe some other team out there. You know, I don't love the way the Jets are playing this. And this goes beyond whether or not I think Aaron Rodgers is the right fit. This just goes to whether the Jets are do- handling this the right way. You know, we, we talk all the time and people say, well... They look back on a move like Le'Veon Bell, and they say, well, how could the Jets have done that? Well, the answer is simple. The Jets put themselves in a tough spot. You know, back in 2018, 2019, they had a general manager in Mike McCagnon who went, squandered draft picks. He did not focus on building up the skill positions. He did not bring playmakers into the team. The Jets were in desperate need of a premium player, so they put themselves in a the spot where they had to roll the dice on a guy who had just sat out of a full season. When you put yourself in bad situations, it doesn't guarantee bad things will happen. Of course, there's a, still a pathway for success here, but you make it more likely that the bad outcome is going to happen. And, and I'm saying that the bad outcome is the Jets not getting Rodgers, and I'm not even sure that's necessarily the case. But when I look at the situation, even when I get past my the idea that I think Derek Carr was a better fit than Aaron Rodgers... I just don't like the way the Jets are playing this because they've really put they've really painted themselves into a corner here where essentially the the one outcome that they can have is getting Aaron Rodgers and even then there's a lot of complications to that deal and beyond that it becomes more difficult because now the Packers and Rodgers both I think have more leverage than they did this time yesterday. I think the Jets had to have a short runway for for an Aaron Rodgers deal because it's a really tough thing to pull off. And I don't think you can spend your full offseason just hoping it's going to happen. You know, maybe it'll work out, but I think the odds of success have gone down for the Jets based on the way they've handled this. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast. We'll continue our t- discussion about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm going to give, go a little bit easy on the Jets in the next segment. I'll tell you why, despite my criticisms, maybe there's a scenario where this isn't entirely their fault. And I'll explain what I mean as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. I'm sure Derek Carr is a very happy man today. He's got $100 million guaranteed. That can buy you an awful lot of Built Bars. And you got to try Built Bars because these bars are absolutely delicious. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. But with Built, healthy is actually tasty. They do come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And they taste like a candy bar, but they, ama- they maintain amazing macros. And they're also healthy, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein on most bars. And now you do not need to wait for a box. For years we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to the nearest Walmart today, you can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. Pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Or go to Built.com and order Built Bars. There's so many de- de- delicious ways to get these great bars. Built Bar, you can thank me later. 
Thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We're talking Derek Carr today. The former Raiders quarterback has signed with the New Orleans Saints. It's a four-year contract worth $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. So Carr's obviously a very happy man. A lot of Jets fans are very nervous now because right now it seems like Aaron Rodgers are bust for the Jets. And I told you in the first segment that I do not love the way the Jets played this situation out. I think that their strategy has left something to be desired. I think the strategy has put them them at too much risk. I think that they could have handled this differently. But there are some things that are not the Jets' fault. I think whenever you miss out on a free agent, there are a couple aspects to it. First of all, what your team did wrong. And there are some things the Jets did wrong. But there's also some things that are beyond your control. Every player has their own style. So when people talk about New York, whether it's a draw or whether it's not, it really depends on the individual. You know, people talk about the hypothetical glory that comes with leading a New York team to victory, how there's nothing like it. People talk about some of the other less desirable aspects of playing in New York, namely that there's a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of pressure wherever you play in the NFL, but New York it's amplified because, you know, another city you may have one or two beat writers. New York, you have a ton of guys who are at your locker after every game questioning you, writing about you. You got talk radio, you have a more intense fan base than anywhere else. So you never know what, what players value. And there are certain, you know, certain issues. Some people may like New York City, and that's, that's true. It's true. Some people love living in New York City or this area. Other people don't. There are, there are like a million different things that could, that could come into play with this. So we don't really know what was going on with Derek Carr. I mean, there have been some suggestions that, you know, maybe playing in more mellow market through, through much of his career, was he much of a was he going to be a great fit in New York well we don't really know that I think sometimes that could be too easy of an excuse but I do think there's a question of whether he wanted the intensity and again something we'll never really know the answer to he's not going to give us an honest answer and part of it might be that the you know he wasn't really that interested in the Jets it could be a situation that I just laid out for you with Aaron Rodgers you know I've talked about how through the years and it's true and you you can think of the players there have been a number of players who really did not have a much of an intention to play for the Jets, but they they played up their interest. You and you heard their their agents released stuff to the media saying they they were really interested in the Jets, and really what they were trying to do was get another team to bid higher, fake another team out into thinking that they were considering signing with the Jets so that the other team would increase their offer. Sometimes that happens. Now I'll be honest with you, part of it is the Jets' fault. You know if the Jets are not attractive enough at this point, and they should be a little bit more attractive than they've been in years past, because you know, as a quarterback, first of all, you're going to get a really good defense. A, de- you know, a defense that played excellent football last year. Beyond that, you do have some intriguing pieces on offense for the first time in, I don't know, over a decade, unless you want to count the Brandon Marshall-Eric Decker year, but you've got intriguing young players on offense in Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and you know who knows what we got in Elijah Moore, but you got two legitimate guys who could be go-to guys in this league we're entering their second season. So the team should be more attractive. But it is true that the Jets do have a recent history of failure. This team has not won. Its team has not been in the playoffs in 12 years. And the, again, the Jets have to take some of the blame for that. But it also makes them a tougher sell. And, you know, the Jets, I think they've done a better job. I think that they're it, they're improving. But it's also possible that Derek Carr just was not interested in becoming a member of the New York Jets. And it's also possible that he was just using them. And, you know, one of the things that could come into play there is what I just mentioned. You know, over the weekend, there was buzz that Carr, you know, the Jets were the favorites. And maybe did that get the Saints to increase their offer a little bit? That's entirely possible. 
Uh, so th- these are just things to consider. And, you know, as much as I'm not thrilled with the way the Jets are handling things, as much as I'm questioning the way they're handling things, I will acknowledge that there are other aspects to this, that there's more to it than the Jets, than maybe the Jets not doing such a great job. There are also some things that, you know, Carr may have been attracted to by the Saints that maybe he wasn't attracted to in New York. Now, one thing I will say is, you know, you look at the money, that is an offer I think the Jets could have beaten. You know, at thirty-seven point five million, that's not, you know, it's it's a lot. I'm not saying thirty-seven thirty-seven point five million dollars a year. Look, I'd take I'd take thirty-seven point five million dollars a year. I'd take you know three point seven five million dollars a year. I'd take ten percent of that. So, I don't want to act like it's a small amount of money, but for the rates of getting a quality NFL quarterback, it's not a bad deal. It's it's not a bad deal for the Saints, uh, especially when you look at the direction things are going because. The NFL's new TV contract is kicking in soon, and if you're not if you're not familiar with the way the salary cap works, the salary cap is a percentage of all the revenues the league makes. And this new contract is going to like re- double what the team what the league's been making through t- through its TV deals. And the number one source of revenue in the NFL is the TV deals. So, thirty seven point five million is not a great amount. We know the Saints are ha- the Saints have some cap issues, so at some point they were probably going to be capped out, and taking this a little bit deeper, although the Jets have some short-term cap tightness, in the longer run, they're okay. So the one thing I do look at here as a little bit of a caveat is, you know, sometimes what happens is the player really doesn't want, you know, and we've seen players who maybe did not want to go to the Jets, but they would if the Jets blew the other team's offer out of the water. I do think this is a situation where the Jets could have beaten the Saints' offer pretty comfortably, and they still would not have necessarily been making a bad deal with Carr, and they still would not be putting their long-term financial health in jeopardy. So from that standpoint, you know, maybe you blame the Jets a little. I think there's a little bit of nuance to this. I think some of what the Jets have done is their fault. I think some of what they've done is not their fault. I think I want to be fair, though, and give you both sides. It's not all the Jets' fault, but I do have some questions with the way they've operated, with the way they've they've kind of planned this thing out, because now they've put themselves in a really difficult situation. And that situation means that I think they're going all in for Aaron Rodgers as we continue this Monday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll talk about what that means. We'll talk about what the Jets could do. We'll talk about the potential time frame. All this as we continue this episode of Lockdown Jets. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. The Saints have signed Derek Carr, which means plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. We could go on for the Jets. Sound seems like it's going to be trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And now I think we're in a situation where this is entirely on Rodgers' time frame. Rodgers can essentially drag this out as long as he'd like because... He knows that the Jets are out there. I mean, he, he's following what's going on. He can see what he can see that the Jets have pretty much built their entire offseason plan around him. But there are lots of complexities to a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. One of them is that the Jets and Packers would need to agree on compensation if, if Rodgers was to be traded to the to the Jets. The Jets have reportedly have reached out to Green Bay. They did it a few weeks ago, so maybe they're on the road to that. But I think without Derek Carr out there, it becomes diff- more difficult for the Jets to strike a deal. First of all, because there might be another team out there that was potentially interested in Carr, who we didn't hear about, who now could turn their attention to Rodgers. But more than that, because just like Rodgers gained leverage with the Carr signing in New Orleans, the Packers also gained a degree of leverage. Because if you're looking at this, if you're Green Bay, you'd have to say, well, the Jets really need Aaron Rodgers now. So if they're the only, even if the Jets are the only bidder, the Packers do have a degree of sway now, because they know that the Jets can't afford to and leave this empty-handed. 
So it, you know, the price for Rodgers conceivably went up, and if another team gets involved, then the Jets could open themselves up to a bidding war. Another aspect of this is the timing and the finances, because Rodgers' contract makes it difficult to trade before June 1st. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be difficult because Packers would be hit with a dead money hit of around $40 million if he's traded before June 1st, which goes down if he's traded after June 1st. And that time frame just I, that doesn't work for the Jets. I don't see how, and this is one of the reasons I've been skeptical of the idea of a potential Rodgers trade, because what makes the most sense for Green Bay is probably to wait until the summer, but for, if you're the Jets, do you want Rodgers not in your building all summer? Do you want uh, not in your building till the summer? Do you want him to miss the offseason program? Do you want him to miss an opportunity to get the playbook early, to work with some of your young receivers? It's a tough spot, and that's something else that needs to be worked out. And I'm not sure whether there's a way it could be done financially. You know, there you go. You always talk about redoing a contract, but the me- the mechanics of Rodgers' deal, I think, would make that awfully difficult to do. And the biggest potential obstacle to this is. Does Rodgers want to come to New York? Does Rodgers want to play with the Jets? And that's something we don't know. And, you know, I'm not of the mind that I'm going to try and figure out what Aaron Rodgers is going to do after these last couple of years because I'm not even sure Aaron Rodgers knows what Aaron Rodgers wants to do from day to day. But Jets are going to have to sell him uh, on coming to this team. And for all the talk that, you know, maybe Green Bay is ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers... For all the talk about the Jets potentially being interested in Aaron Rodgers, for all the talk about Aaron Rodgers being ready to move on from Green Bay, there's been one set of rumors that really we've not heard much about. That's Aaron Rodgers wanting to come to the Jets. You know, we don't we don't know what Rodgers' mindset is. You know, maybe he wants to one up Brett Favre. We know what a big role Brett Favre played in his career. We know that Aaron Rodgers does not necessarily love Brett Favre, so who knows? Maybe Rodgers just decides, you know what, Favre failed in New York. I want to go to New York and see and uh, succeed, and that'll help me one-up Favre. We don't know that, though. And I think one of the things that makes this kind of difficult is Rodgers, as he approaches 40, does he want to end his career on the one team he's ever known, the one fan base he's ever known, or does he want to come to a new fan base? And, you know, I guess you could say there's an argument to be made. I mean, I think for any quarterback... Ending a long Super Bowl drought like the Jets have is something that could enhance your legacy. I think this particular franchise, there are certain franchises out there, Detroit, Cleveland, the teams that have just gone forever since a championship, I do think that there's something to the idea that maybe if you're looking to enhance your legacy to take another step on on the list of all-time quarterbacks, you know, maybe there's something there, but is that the kind of thing that will motivate Aaron Rodgers? It's something we don't really know. So, I guess as part of it, part of the reason I question why the Jets had operated the way they did with Derek Carr is that there are so many complexities to a Rodgers trade. Again, this goes beyond whether or not I think it's a good idea. The mechanics of this are going to be very difficult to pull off. And even in a world where the Jets do everything right, and the Jets do everything within their power to get Rodgers, you can find yourself in a situation where you just can't get him because there are other factors at play that are beyond your control. Well, if you're, if you're a Jets fan, you just have to be hopeful. You have to try, you have to have to hope that the best will work out. I mean, we certainly have earned some good luck after the last decade plus, but it's I, I don't blame you if you're nervous tonight because the way the Jets have handled this have put themselves in a very risky spot. 
And we'll talk about it in the days and weeks ahead, but that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast for us, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.